You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn Reclar. Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Science of Superpowers. I'm so excited that you're back here with us today. We are in for such a phenomenal conversation. This conversation is all about the brain, right? And for those of you who love the whole, like, how does this work? And da 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 da, and pulling on the threads and and the interconnections and left brain and right brain and how are we in right? And we're learning that there's so much more to us than we ever knew. And and, and the the neuroscience fields are are blossoming with with diversity in terms of what's possible in those spaces. And you know here. At Superpowers, we are always encouraging all of the various genres and disciplines and everywhere. We love to see innovation happening and awareness coming through about just how fascinating and complex and diverse and amazing we all are. And so today's guest is such an amazing, brilliant light in this space. She's a delight to speak with you. You're, gonna be, you're just in for this beautiful treat with her. And, and I'm, I'm kind of fumbling over my words because What's so wonderful here is the the mashup, right? What we have here is this ability to say, okay, we know that we are incredibly complex individuals on many, 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 many levels. In our space, of course, we talk about the multidimensionality of things, right? That it's sort of like that's that's a paradigm that starts to encapsulate just how complex we are. And the drilling into all of these spaces, that's where we feel called, right? To 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 contribute. And, and, and so I think it's okay when we are able to talk about this both and, right? We hold a really complex conversation um, here in our spaces and the, the, the details and the streamlining and where you're called to contribute is hugely important. And, 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 and so it's, it's allowing ourselves to both niche into where our particular expertise can be, as well as holding this joint bigger vision. And, and I believe that the intersection here with today's guest is a beautiful depiction of that. We're going to talk all about the secrets we discover through our brains with the author of The Brain-Friendly Workplace, Why Talented People Quit and How to Get Them to Stay, Frederica Fabricius. Please join me in welcoming her to the show. Frederica, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tonya. It's such a pleasure. I'm so excited for our conversation and, and, and you, you live this, right? This is your body. We're like, this is, this is you saying to the world, like, look, I think we can, we can understand these brains a little bit better. Right. And so, so yes, you're the author of the book, but of course that's the tip of the iceberg, right? What, what was underneath of that was, was, was the, the getting to that, that distillation, that synthesis um, of what's in the book. And so, so we're going to get to hear all about that journey and what, what Frederica can tell us about the brain. First, we want to know what are your superpowers and how do you use them for good? My superpowers, I think I can take something that's very complex, your brain, and drill it down to being something that's very simple and really helps people live better lives, happier lives, more fulfilled lives. Mm. So I love bridging the gaps you know, between science and our life so that it really makes our lives better. I love that. And, and we don't often think about that in a sense. We think about the brain. I, th- I think a lot of times the brain gets a bad rap of like, oh, you know, it, it's it's the tradition, you know, it's it's success driven. It's all of these things, right? And 
And, and I love that you brought that up because it reminds me, wait, wait, no, there's more in there, right? There's so much more richness in there. And, um, and in a lot of the um, bodies of work around the mind, it's, it kind of does lean a little bit into the, the thinking aspect of it. And, and I, the, I appreciate that you brought it back into, yeah. And it also can inform how we feel, right? Like, like right. So that connection is really brilliant. Yeah. And, and what we know from neuroscience, for example, is that our thinking is influenced by our emotions. So how you feel emotionally will influence how well you can think at this very moment. So those two things are intertwined and our brains are much more influenced by our emotional areas than by our, let's say, more cognitive from an evolutionary perspective, newer area. So really what brain science has shown us in the last decade is our brains are much more emotional than we used to think. It's not this rational entity. And also we are much more social than we used to think. So we are Mm -hmm. really connected to others through our brains. It's not a closed community. We have mirror neurons. We're constantly you know, automatically measuring and assessing what people around us are doing. And so our brains are, you know, much richer than what people used to think. It's not just some kind of computer that's calculating stuff. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, you're certainly speaking my love language. Well, we're going to dive all the way into this, folks, because we also know the brain is impacted by the vibrational energetics of things too. And that's So we're going to have a really, really fun conversation when we come back from the break. Before we cut to break, Frederica, where can people go to find out more about you? Yeah. um, First of all, my website, fredericafabricius.com. And then I'm also on social media. I've done a Google Talk. I've done a TED Talk. So I think if you Google my name, you're going to find um, my two books, the newest one, now The Brain-Friendly Workplace. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) Perfect. And we'll have a link for that on the episode page, folks. Make sure you check that out. And if you haven't gotten registered for the next experience, go get signed up now at superpowerexperts.com where you can feel this experience, the, the, the peace and that calm and that happiness and how the brain connects into the heart and connects into the body and connects into the world, right? And how we're all connected in that. If you want to experience that for yourself, sign up for the experience. It's our free virtual event. And we're so happy to have you there. We have a lot of repeat folks coming back there because it feels so amazing to come together in that container and to connect in those spaces. So come join us there. We look forward to having you. We will be right back after the break, talking all about the secrets we discover through our brains with Frederica Fabricius. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens? Then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Awesome. We're back. You're listening to the Science of Superpowers. And we're talking about the secrets we discover through our brains with Frederica Fabricius. Before the break, we got into talking about the complexity of the minds, right? And what our brains are capable of and, and, um, and the connections that it has to how we're feeling 
And then in, in our space, of course, we, we, we take that down even further into um, our vibrational layers and what, what is it energetically that we're expressing or projecting and how that informs everything from our emotions to our thoughts and learning to ride those waves um, that, that enable us to better understand how we create here. And, and so in that journey, you know, absolutely, we see all of the stuff that you've been talking about of, of the fact that how we thought about how we think is, is, is really getting upgraded, you know, and it's interesting because you, you talk a lot about the workplace and, and what the, the new business paradigm is. And, and um, that's also an area of, of fascination for me um, a while back. A few years now, I remember um, I heard come through me that the um, companies moving forward would, would need to attend to, to the evolution of both technology and consciousness. And so I often find myself in spaces now in those conversations because the tech piece moves so incredibly fast. And it's creating a, um, a question, I think, about how we want to be how we want to work. And you talk about that a lot in your book. Can you share a little bit about what you've discovered regarding really some significant, I would say, kind of things we might want to consider about about our future moving forward when we have a whole bunch of companies that run services and deliver products that nobody wants to work at? Um, (laughs) So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So one thing that I discovered when, you know, researching for this book was something that I call a neuro gap. And you might wonder, what's the neuro gap? You know, what could it be? And actually, what I found is that most executives, and I work mostly with leaders at the top level, they have what I call a certain neurosignature. So their brains are dominated by two neurochemicals, dopamine and testosterone. And make no mistake, women have testosterone as well, not just the man. And what I found is that, you know, when you we have all, we all have a neurosignature. So we have dopamine in our brain and serotonin, testosterone, estrogen, and they influence how we think, how we feel, how we act. So how we respond to stress, what kind of work environment we like. And what I found was that at the top of organizations, the people there are all alike. They're very hard driven, very um, you know, competitive, very you know, power seeking, very stress resistant, and very ambitious. And so they are driven mostly by dopamine that makes us more energetic and more curious, and testosterone that makes us more competitive and a bit tough-minded. And that may be great. You know, I'm not saying that it's a bad combination, not at all. It's a great combination and many skills and talents, but what we leave out are other people who have different neurosignatures. And I think the reason why today's workplaces are so dominated by hustle culture and by high stress level and by competition is because the people at the top are not like everyone else. They have a high dopamine testosterone neurosignature. And so what I'm saying in my book is that we need to expand our understanding of diversity to also include neurosignature diversity. We need to create a workplace that's attractive to people with high estrogen neurosignatures who might be more interested in nurturing relationships, 
you know, or who have more lateral thinking and are not as, you know, single-minded as the people with a high testosterone dope signature. And then we have people with serotonin neurosignatures who are more detail-oriented, who go deeper into topics and who love routines and who love traditions. And the way the current workplace is set up, it's alienating people with a different neurosignature. So my core idea of the book is that I'm saying don't change the people, change the workplace. So we should create a workplace that's attracting people with all kinds of neurosignatures so that we get more cognitive diversity. And then people will be more high performing. They will be better mentally. We have a big mental health crisis. And I think a lot of this could be resolved by not just catering to the high dopamine testosterone folks. Uh, fabulous. I, I love the the synergies. The the trajectory that you went on with that was similar to what um, the, the superpower design work and, and that body of work took me on when I started realizing that we actually can read each other's minds and we actually do hear each other's thoughts and we actually do experience each other's emotions and our bodies do mirror each other and ma match in breathing and um, pacing and, and vibrationally we impact by how we express energetically. And, and yes, I found much of the same stuff that, you know, when you're, when you are predisposed to being able to hear other people's thoughts or think other people's thoughts, it's a whole different inner world for you than other people. I, you know, I grew up not realizing not everyone can do that. I had no idea. Right. right? And so, cause we just normalize our existence and then we see that reflected in others and, and assume that we're very similar. And while we are very similar in many aspects, how we put ourselves together and how we experience things and how we respond um, makes us hugely unique. And, um, and, and so from that aspect, what you're really talking about is, redesigning how we are together. I mean, we're, we're, this, in, this impacts um, all conversations to include um, communities, right? Which I think is really what's driving most of our curiosities at this point is how are we all going to exist together moving forward? And that that's not just in the workplace, it's also in the homes and it's in our communities um, and it's right. in, in our global living space that we all, I mean, we're all essentially a bunch of roommates in the same planet. And so are we willing to acknowledge that that comes with some relationship sort of um, dialogues and, and what, and what's so beautiful, what we're seeing out in the world um, is that that is, is where the individualistic worldview and the, and the collectivist worldview um, really have an opportunity to come together in harmony um, and so a lot of, of, of um, what, what you're speaking to in the brain helps us drill down even further into, okay, um, what is it, what is this, the uniqueness at the, um, at the, at that level, right? At the individual level. And then right. how does that function when we try to put different people who are so uniquely multifaceted together, um, not just in the brains, but in the bodies and in the energetics and in the signatures and in everything else, and expect that we're all going to get along. And I think we start to understand why perhaps we should just expect that there might be a little messiness and we should jump off from that point because we don't know how to do this. We were, we're figuring it out. And, and so I love, I love that, um, that you're able to inform that from the neuroscience lens. Um, and and yeah. I imagine that's been an interesting journey because you're operating in both science and corporate. 
which, you know, it's not lost on me that those happen to be hyper traditional, dare we say hyper masculinized environments. Um, although I am a big component of moving out of the masculine feminine dialogue, I think divergence and convergence might be a solid conversation moving forward. Um, and those are those are some interesting areas to to traverse. And so you get to see this play out, right? You get right. to see what happens when we build environments from a myopic lens, not taking into account um, difference and others. And so I'm sure that that you are seeing the similarities in terms of all of the conversations around um, social change and, and, and unrest. And um, so how do you how do you fit your work into because um, I, I see the solution? How do you how do you tie that into the current sort of um, upheaval and question that we have about is it even possible for us to get along? What, 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 what's your response mm-hmm. from your neuroscience lens? Well, um, I think statistically seen, the world is getting better, not worse. So we can see <laughs> that there, you know, we always think it's getting worse. But in reality, if you look at, you know, how many people used to get murdered and, and those kind of gory statistics, you'll see that people actually get along better these days than they used to before many years back. Mm. But I do think we can get along. It's more about creating the kind of environment that fosters trust and that fosters Mm -hmm. connectedness. And I think that's something you can deliberately create. So people can be terrible and people can be wonderful. And I think the difference is what kind of environment and which kind of values you instill in people. So to give you one example... You know, the neurochemical oxytocin, also called, you know, the love or trust hormone, that makes us fall in love. You know, that's released when a baby is born, when we're breastfeeding or when we fall in love. And it's also released, for example, in the business world when people collaborate. But oxytocin makes us love people and bond with people and connect with people. And at the same time, Mm -hmm. it makes us exclude others. Research has shown that it's actually also a strong component. So the stronger you come connected to your community, the more you tend to exclude others. And I think what we see, I mean, I don't live in the States, but I mean, it's pretty obvious that the left and the right, uh, you know, are having trouble finding common ground to say it Um you know, a, a bit more neutrally. So, and I think oxytocin might play a role because people bond very strongly with people mm-hmm. they feel are similar to themselves. Um, and they think that the other, you know, the other group is the villain when in reality we need to see ourselves as a bigger group of people. So what usually happens is that when there's this in-group, out-group dynamic of these are people are different from ourselves and they belong to a different group, when you highlight those differences, people become more hostile and then oxytocin is actually turning us to be more aggressive. You can just think about you know, what's the name of this animal? Like a boar, you know, and the, we have like these, mm-hmm. these mother animals that are super aggressive after giving birth to their children to protect them that can attack you when you, you know, here I live mm-hmm. right next to the forest here in Heidelberg. And, you know, we have these boars. What do you say? Boars? Yeah, that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. it. In, yeah, in that's the, the you know, in the forest. And they run around with their small, you know, with their offspring and it's super dangerous. 
because they are celibate, they love their children so much, so they're willing to do anything to defend them. And the mm-hmm. same mechanisms is are alive in us. So I think the big question is, what can we do to overcome it? And there are a few things we can do. I think first of all, we need to, you know, how do I put this down? You know, more look at what we have in common and not so much in what divides us. Um, mm-hmm. Because the more we say, you know, the more we put a label on people like these are the bad ones, these are the stupid ones, these are the terrible ones, the more the more aggressive the environment becomes. So I think we need to be aware of the fact that it's just this, let's say, predisposition of our mind to have this binary mindset to always putting people into two groups. And in reality, we have more in common than we may mm-hmm. think. Beautiful. I love that you brought up in-group, out-group dynamics. That um, takes me back. That that uh, that was part of what we taught at that at the Counter Intel course. Was we were able to explain how um, the in-group, out-group dynamics, how that um, plays out exactly like you were just speaking to, uh, which, which is such a beautiful. If you think about it. Like, like whatever you, you can talk about the left and the right. I mean, really, it doesn't matter what country you're in or um, what the topic is. The in-group, out-group dynamics is is alive and well, and and um, as you, and, and it's very fluid, right? We can we can um, what we saw during the pandemic was how quickly we were willing to shove people out into the out-group um, exactly. over a vaccine yeah. or so. Right, whole families getting um, you know tearing apart because of a yeah. disagreement, and so. In our body of work, what we look at is like is is the thought level and the emotion level, right? That's what got kicked up there. And when we um, and when we don't have anything else connecting us, then um, once a disagreement happens, we're we we're very quick and willing to to put someone in an out group. And then once that happens, we're able to dehumanize them because they're no longer right. like us. And, um, and so we're, we're now talking about evolution. We're talking about, are we operating as the creatures that we are, or the beings that know ourselves to be created, or the beings that know ourselves to be creators? Who are we actually identifying as in the moment when that happens? And how are we presenting based on that? Um, and so, so I would, I would probably offer up, a, a, at least from our angle, a little bit of a reframe that it, perhaps it's not so much love that we're feeling in those moments, but belonging and the fear of losing belonging um, is, is what drives that survival mechanism because love will allow for connection in all right. spaces with everyone. And so I couldn't agree I, more. Yeah. I do believe that by at least beginning to, to make note of what is this that we think we're experiencing? Is it, is it an energetic state? stimulus is it uh, an emotion right it, it everything starts as as an energetic stimulus um however it comes in either through our own systems or or from outside of ourselves it's how what are our specific programs of interpretation that dictate how we respond emotionally or even mentally and then combined with the, what you're speaking to in the work the 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 neurodiversity and how our exact kind of uh, combination operates is going to inform how we play out those programs, right? So, so we can start to see like, this is why these conversations are so incredibly crucial because just like in the global community, even within ourselves, we have very complex systems and they all work in concert with each other. And so that's a great, I, I think it's a great model 
for, you know, as within, so without, right? Like, like how complex we are internally is how complex we all are externally and vice versa. Um, and so, so the field of, of work that, that you're in there is so incredibly um, important in this conversation. It's, it's like the, no, we can't possibly drill down into all of the various areas to the depths that, that right now it's, it's like things are being deconstructed right before our eyes so we can better understand them. So, so we can come up with solutions and it's, it's, it's so wonderful to be reminded that th this is happening in every sector, in every topic, in every place. Like it, it's such a cool thing to step back and, and observe people are in motion. And, and I love that you reminded us that there, we have a lot more in common than what we think separates us. And when we can hold that perspective, really come at this from that higher vantage point, that observer vantage point and say, okay, how are we all acting to include ourselves, right? Be willing to look at how we are in, in a situation and how, how our presence and our energetic expression is actually informing that environment, right? You, you've heard it here before. We are either energetically being influenced by an environment or we are influencing it without fail. And so when we are aware of that and, and dare to understand ourselves better, right? Which, which Frederica, your work allows us to dive into spaces that were, were not even thought of right years ago and, and look at what's happened. Look at what you've been able to do with it and then who you've been able to touch and the ripple effects from that change. To me, it's like, if we can hold that, then we remember each moment matters and how we choose to show up in each moment matters because of those connections and the fact that we, we are not isolated and never have been unto ourselves. And I, and I love that your work in the brain is showing us that. So thank you for that. What a gift to the world. Yeah. And, and you know, one thing that comes to my mind is that, for example, has been shown that just a short kindness meditation, for example, that's simple to do. You can just play, you know, a playlist mm -hmm. of kindness meditations and anybody can do it. And it's, you know, it doesn't cost much. It doesn't take much time and has been shown to significantly reduce racism, for example, or even attitudes people have towards homeless people. So towards, you know, minorities or people that, you know, people discriminate against. And it's such a simple tool, but it allows your brain to go into the mode that it's supposed to be in. Research has shown mm. that we're supposed to be altruistic. So when you block out somebody's prefrontal cortex for rational thinking, so you can, you know, there's some tools in neuroscience that allow you to block certain brain areas so they don't function well. So you actually kind of like, uh, you know, neutralize them. So they're not active, they're frozen. And what you can see is that people become more altruistic when you do that. So when you mm -hmm. take away that executive control and that inhibition and that, you know, willpower aspect of your brain, people become more generous, more altruistic. So our true self or the core of our brain is actually being kind. And it's just when we're not in balance mm -hmm. with our environment and when we're influenced by people who want to push us towards hostility or towards excluding others, that's when we show those ugly sides of human nature. But actually, I think our brains are supposed to connect with others and to be generous and to be kind. And that's when we see the most positive brain activity also and the happiest brain.
Mm, beautiful. I love that. That's such a beautiful thought to end on. I love that you discover that through the brain. It's it, that it, it's fantastic, folks. Make sure you go and check out Frederica's work, FredericaFabricius.com. We have the we'll have the link there on the episode page. We've been talking all about the secrets we discovered through our brains. Frederica, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a delightful conversation, and it, it just I love the fact that you're you're in there. You've got you know, you've got your hands in there, you're working it and that you're shining your light in that space. Uh, Thank you on behalf of all of us. And we're rooting you on from over here. Thank you so much. And the same here. It was such a pleasure getting to know you. And I, yeah, I'm certainly going to look um, into what your daughter is doing, if I may say so, because (laughs) I think it was before the show, we talked a little bit about how you intertwine parenting and your career. And I think that's so inspirational for everyone to see. Well, thank you so much for that reflection. It's it's been quite the journey. And um, yeah, a really remarkable life so far. So, so we're, we're, we're pleased <laughs> with it. It's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's always an experiment. Um, and it, it's just the, it's the most rich, it's the richest experience I have ever had. And so it's like, it just keeps getting better. And, and, and you know, I, I think that that's a win, you know, when you can say that about life, it's like, okay, cool. Like not, not that things don't happen. And to have the resources and the tools and the support and the container built and, and all of the things that, that come with choosing to just say, I, I think we can do it differently. Um, right. There's a, there's a, I don't know, there's a real foundational sort of in that space. And, and I believe that's what people saw as potentially, um, not present for them during the pandemic. Our experience was not what a lot of people are reporting. And I, and I believe it's because this is, this is, these are the things that we think about and the things that we attend to first and foremost, so we can all be together. And so we can continue to grow together. So that's probably a whole other conversation of in one that is so near and dear to my heart. So thank you for reminding me of that and for reflecting it. It, uh, it's, it's sometimes I forget that that's unusual for some. So thank you. Appreciate <laughs> thank it. you. Of course. And to all of you out there, thank you so much for listening. We love that you join us here. And, you, and if you'd love to check out the, um, the experience, it is designed for exactly what Frederica is talking about. Come be, receive a moment where you can remember what it feels like to, to be at peace and to be at home and to remember who you are, right? Give yourself that experience. It is, it is our gift. We love sharing it with you. Go to superpowerexperts.com, sign up for the next experience, and you can thank me later. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> All right, everybody. So thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to the Science of Superpowers, talking all about the secrets we discovered through our brains with the brilliant and illuminating Frederica Fabricius. Thank you all for joining us. We love you all. Love each other. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.